as, as most of you know, we just wrapped up our series uh, called The uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I had many things that I pulled away from it. Uh, I, you know, from week one, I'm like, oh, snap, he is talking to me. Um, and there are so many things that uh, I pulled from it. One of the things that really has just nailed me is uh, not, not instilling the, the hurriness in my children. When Dustin shared that, I'm like, oh, goodness. I'm just, I started imagining all the times I'm trying to get him ready for school or try to get him to bed. And I'm like, hurry, 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 brush your teeth. And I'm like, man, I'm just instilling this into them. Uh, it really hit me between the eyes, but it was so good. Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard the church body as a whole talk about a series the way we just had this past series. Um, just as a whole, I heard so many people talking about it. So if you missed any of it, I strongly encourage you to go check it out. Uh, because honestly, uh, we intentionally started the year with this series because we really believe that these principles are things that we're going to need to grab hold of as we go into the rest of the year. So I really encourage you to check it out. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's on our Facebook page. It's on our website. Check out those uh, the series. It was so good. And I mean, I don't know many people that don't claim to be really busy nowadays. Right, whether they really are or not, they claim to be, and and so I think this is a a mentality shift for us that I know is powerful for me. But this week, and I know you guys normally get to hear Dustin speak, and you know he does such a good job. Um, someone reminded me I've got some big shoes to fill today, which is awesome to start the morning with, by the way. Uh, um, but it's. It's been a little bit, so bear with me, but I'm, I'm going into, I'm going to be speaking this week and next, and uh, the topic that has really just been sticking with me lately has been the topic of just faith. Faith. Faith can be a tough thing sometimes, can't it? It's kind of this, this weird, intangible thing that can be tough to really wrap your arms around it, but it really stemmed from, it came out of the Bible study that, uh, that we're going through with a, a couple friends here. And uh, we're reading through the book of Matthew. And we just read through chapters eight and nine here recently. And I couldn't get past how many times faith is called out. You know, Jesus heals this person because of their faith. And Jesus saw their faith, so he healed that person. You know, he healed the, the woman that was sick for 12 years, bleeding, hemorrhaging. And because of her faith, reaching out and grab, touching his robe, he heals her. He brings a girl uh, back from the dead uh, because he saw that they believed. He asked if they believed. The centurion man, the Roman soldier that came to him and said, my servant is, is tormented. My ser servant is paralyzed. Can you, can you heal him? And Jesus says, yep, let's do this. Let's go. And the centurion's like, no, you, I, don't, I can't even have you in my house. You're, you're too worthy. You're too, too, I can't even have you in my home. Just say the word and I believe it. I know you'll, you'll do it. And Jesus turned around and said, to all of his Israelites, his, his followers, to God's people, right, the Israelites, he says, this Roman soldier's faith has amazed me. 
I haven't seen this kind of faith. He told his own people that. And so this faith just kept like driving and sticking out in my mind. But the story that I'd like to go over today is uh, in the beginning of Matthew chapter 9. And I've already got one sleeping on me, so... uh, (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to read it from the Gospel of Mark, because it gives us just a little bit more to run with. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And I'm going to read through this. Follow along with me. But it says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, they just, just came back over the sea on a boat. The people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. So men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit, this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? I don't know about you, but if he reads my mail like that, I'm like, whoa, all right. What is going on here? He says, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all, from paralyzed to walking. And this amazed everyone. They praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. It's a pretty amazing story of what happened, isn't it? Now, for some of us who have been doing this church thing for a while, you've probably heard this story a few times, and you kind of gloss over it a little bit, right? But man, this is an amazing story. We're going to dig into this And I think there's a few different things that hopefully I can pull out effectively to where it can land. But uh, before we do that, can you guys pray with me real quick? Lord, we come to you today. God, I pray that, uh, that you would speak, that you would speak to us. God, that you would just use me and and as a vessel just to to speak your word. Uh, I pray that you would lead and guide every word that I say. I pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds to what you have. God, what do you want to speak to me? What do you want to speak to me? I pray that 
that, that you would remove our preconceived notions and remove all of the things that might cloud your word from coming through clearly. I pray all of this in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Like I said, faith can be just a tricky, tricky thing. I mean, believing in something that you can't see, like that's hard, right? That's, that's difficult. And I know I don't speak often, but I do have to say this all the time, every time I speak. I do kind of like engagement. So uh, if you guys want to just kind of nod along, you know, give me a little, hey, yeah, yeah, then it, I like that. All right. So it just kind of, let's, let's interact together. It's a conversation. Uh, but I, I, I don't know about you. I have my ups and downs with this faith thing. You know, like one moment I feel like I'm just, I'm so connected to him and I could just, uh, whatever you say, Lord, I am here. I am in just whatever, right? And then there's those other times when not so much, like coming out of this series, how distracted we can be from even like being aware of his presence, let alone listening to his voice to be able to follow him and do what he's called us to do. We, we have these ups and downs with faith. The, the things that we can't see, that we hope for but can't see, it kind of relates in a way to relationships. If you think about a relationship, sure, like we see each other physically, obviously, but I think you would agree with me that relationships go beyond what we can see. Like when you feel the love for someone, that's, that's not just something that you see, right? It goes beyond, beyond that. There's, there's this faith that this relationship is something that means something that's going to last. And I, have, I feel this love that's not a tangible thing, but I feel it. You know, one of the things, I'm guilty of this uh, myself, but when, when we have the, the little, your little one, your little baby, or maybe they're a toddler and they're just so stinking cute, you know, and you look down at them, you're like, I could just eat them up. First of all, let's just stop with that. That's kind of weird, right? Like, uh, but, but you, you feel this thing where like, oh, there's so much love. I don't even know how to express it properly, right? But there's this love, this intangible thing like faith that's there, that's at work. And today, there are three different people groups that I'd like to pull from this story that we read that kind of gives us a different view, a different perspective on faith, how we operate from that place, and some of the things that maybe we need to be a little cautious of when we're in these different stages of faith. Sound good? Yes. All right, three people groups. The first one is the crowd. We clearly see that there is a crowd that has packed out the house. It's spilled out of the home. It's outside of the home. It's the largest people group that we see in the story. This is the group that I would consider like the curious group. It said that they heard that Jesus was back home, so they wanted to go check out what, like they're intrigued. They're still kind of on the fence of what is this all about? Like from a faith standpoint, they're kind of on the fence, not quite in the game yet, but they're intrigued. They're curious. They're there. 
to, to learn what is, what is he going to say. And I, I would just say that if you find yourself in this place where, Devin, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit. I'm trying to figure this thing out. If you find yourself in that place today, let me encourage you by saying this, that everyone that comes to know Jesus, that does give their life to him and full faith to him, started from that place of curiosity of who he is and what is he about. So let me encourage you with that. Keep taking those steps forward because the things that I want to caution us on is that we, we stay open to the opportunities and that we don't become blind to what he might be trying to do through our uncertainty. We read in the story that the crowd was, was listening to Jesus. Their attention was on him. They were occupied by what he was saying. And there comes a lame man, a paralyzed man that's being carried by four buddies. And they, they walk up and they clearly are trying to get to Jesus, right? Like, what else are they doing? Like, they're clearly trying to get to Jesus. But the crowd kind of turns around and sees them and just turns right back around. And it's like, okay, keep, keep talking to me. You know, they don't, they don't make a way for, for the lame man, the paralyzed man to get to Jesus. They don't see, they don't see that, that something's in the works here. They're too occupied with what they are trying to receive. They're too occupied with, yet, yet, teach me. They're too occupied with what they want or their desires are, like our, our series we just came out of, they're distracted with their own stuff, their own desires, their own wants. And to take it even further, I, I'm just thinking through this story, right? If, if you're in the crowd and you're trying to like listen, I think we can maybe even relate in the house sometimes, but then these people get on the roof. I'm trying to listen to the word, man. And you're getting on the roof now, right? It could be distracting. Maybe we're getting into annoyed, right? Like, can you imagine being in the house trying to listen to Jesus teach and you start hearing footsteps all above you and they're like, got like the houses back then, I'm going to guess, aren't like they are today. So like you're hearing things. Now things are falling down on me, like dirt and debris. And like, I'm trying to listen to this man. What in the world are y'all doing? And we're getting annoyed because I can't hear what I need to hear. But yet there's just a lame man that wants to be healed. So let's not be closed off to our own desires. Let's be open to the opportunities that Jesus is trying to do, even through your uncertainty, that you could continue to take steps forward, that when you're driving down the road and you see someone walking through the bitter cold or through the heat of the summer, and the, the Holy Spirit kind of convicts you, like, yeah, you should probably stop and try to help them, 
But then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be somewhere in five minutes, and I just keep driving by, and then I feel crummy because I drove by. Clearly, I need this more than y'all, but, (laughs) like, he's trying to do things, right? He's trying to do things in and through us, and sometimes we're just too preoccupied with the things we've got going on. The second group are the skeptics. The skeptics. When I, when Dustin and I growing up, we played sports nonstop, and that's not a joke, like constantly playing sports. We, uh, I, I, I played, we played a lot of baseball growing up. And uh, when I was in grade school, I played with this team that uh, it was really just a bunch of friends from like the neighborhood in the area. And like any team, You've got guys that are pretty good, and then you've got guys that, that aren't so good. Um, you know, I've already confessed that I wasn't the smallest of guys at that time, but I'm not going to lean into uh, the weight that I had to, to kind of, you know, hit that ball with. Um, but there was this other guy on the team. His name was Brian. And poor Brian, like, not the most athletic uh, he was super, super skinny, like super skinny, skin and bones. And when you put unathletic next to like scrawny, it's just not a great combination for sports. And so poor Brian would regularly find himself batting last in the lineup and, you know, not playing in the field as much as some others. And that was just, that's what the situation was, right? Well, I, I, you know, we continue to grow up. I, we end up moving out of the area we were in, more out in this direction. And I lost relationships with a lot of those guys, unfortunately, but um, I just disconnected, right? And um, I get into college, and I think I might have even been out of college at this point, and dad comes to me just randomly out of the blue. He's like, Devin, you're not going to believe it. I ran into so-and-so, the dad of one of the teammates on your team uh, growing up. And he said, guess who ended up playing Division One baseball? You know, he just poses it like a question. And guys, I think there were like 13 of us on the team. He could have given me 12, maybe even 13 tries, and I would have come up with others than Brian. But Brian was the one that ended up playing D1 ball. See, my experience, what I had seen and grew up with had formed my beliefs and what was possible there. I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even get to like, Brian, like that's not possible. But, but I, I was blind to him growing into his body and, and, and developing the skill sets he needed to be the one that ended up playing D1 ball. Here we have the Pharisees, the skeptics, that grew up reading the Bible, reading the law of God. They studied it from when they were little children to the point where when they were still children, they could quote you 
the first five books of the Bible. They had it memorized. That's how much they were devoted to this. They fasted regularly. They prayed consistently. I mean, they devoted their lives to God and his law. But here they are arguing and poking holes, using the word against the word. I, I was trying to think of like, how could we even understand this? And I was thinking of like, if, if we were to like study all the words and the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr. Like we never saw a picture of him, never saw a video of him, but we like studied all of the things that he said and shared. And then we had the opportunity to meet him face to face and we start arguing with him about the things that he said. Wow. That's what the Pharisees are doing. Trying to poke holes in things. Trying to use the Bible as ammunition. Trying to, to use it uh, to, as evidence and proof to drive home their belief. Sometimes we can be so close to things that we can't see what's going on. Jake and Sarah and I were just talking last week in the lobby, and they were talking about the night before. They stayed up late looking at all these pictures of the kids when they were smaller. And they're like, oh, my goodness. You know, like they, they couldn't even stop. They just kept looking at them and gushing over them. And they're like, man, how did they get so big? We're so close to things sometimes that we can't even see the change and the growth that's happening right in front of our eyes. So here's the deal. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you today to really think, dig deep about what are the things that have formed your beliefs? What are the experiences that have formed the way you think, the way you operate? What are the things that you're holding so tight on because you want to protect this thing so much that doesn't even align with the ways of Jesus Christ? It was how we were brought up. It's what we were told and taught and seen and experienced. But man, when I read the Bible, there's something not adding up here. Now that's tough to work through. And that's why I said, I want to challenge you to dig deep and really think through that. But what is it that you are holding on to so tight that doesn't even, doesn't even align with what we read in Jesus's teachings? Because here's why I say it. I don't want you, and I certainly don't, want to miss out on the miracle. The Pharisees are sitting there arguing and being the skeptics that they're being with Jesus to the point that they, they totally overlook the fact that a paralyzed man has been healed and is now walking. And they walk away from the scene all hacked off because it doesn't align with their way of thinking. I don't want you to miss out on the miracle 
that Jesus is doing in front of you, all because of your own ways of thinking. I want to be able to, to humble ourselves, to be able to open my mind enough to actually see his ways be able to put mine aside to where I can see his ways and I can allow him to operate. I can allow him to speak clearly to me and not, and not block it off and barricade it from because from of my own beliefs. Amen? The last people group is the ones that took action. They're the ones that take action. They have so much faith that, man, I have to. We see these four friends that had so much faith. They just thought, man, if I could get my friend, my paralyzed friend to Jesus, like I know he can heal him. They have boldness and courage because their faith just, I know if I could just get them to Jesus, he can heal him. He can heal my friend. So sure enough, they, they put him on a mat and they start carrying him along. We're going to get to Jesus. And they run smack into a barricade of a crowd of people. You know, and they don't even trip off it. It doesn't even say anything. They're just like, you know what? Okay, we're not getting through here clearly. So where, where now? Well, what about the roof? <laughs> so they, they're like, all right, that's not going to work. But I know if I just, if I find a way, I know Jesus will heal them. So they go and they climb up on a roof and they carry a, a paralyzed, dead weight, grown man onto a roof. My kids fall asleep in the car on the way home, and I got to carry them up the steps to their bedroom, and I'm gassed. <laughs> they took a grown man and got him up on the roof. And then they are faced with another obstacle, a very physical obstacle, a roof. Okay, so now we're up here. What do we do? So they start ripping through a roof. Guys, we're good at making excuses. We're awesome at telling ourselves we ain't got time for this or this is, this is an obstacle that I just don't see around. And eh, all right, we tried. They ripped through a roof. And by the way, I'm glad it wasn't my house, but they ripped through someone's roof to get their friend to Jesus because if I just get him to Jesus, then I know he can heal him. And they lower him down. <laughs> they lower him down to the healer. They lower him down to the healer. And I'd like to show you a video kind of illustrates this for us real quick. Oh. 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 
Excuse me. Quiet. I'm trying to listen. Do you know who you are talking to now? Did you hear his disrespect? In the Red Quarter? We're out of our element here. But we have to find out who is teaching. Look at this crowd. All the more reason to be cautious. Rabbi. It's her. She is truly restored. I only heard your report and not seen her for myself. She's a different person. Why is she here? The city on a hill cannot be hid. And if it were nighttime, Zebedee wouldn't light his lamp and put it under a basket. Put it on the stand where it could light us all. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leopard on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leopard. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? Yes. Down. Whose authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? easy to say anything, no? But to show you 
and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. I put my faith in the healer. I put my faith in him. You know, Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. And he healed the paralyzed man. Did you know that your faith, your faith, can allow God to work miracles in other people's lives? Did you know that your faith can elevate and build and cause increase to other people's faith? Because when he was healed and he walked out, it said that the crowd went from uncertainty to then praising God, saying, I've never seen anything like this. Your faith can allow God to move and make miracles happen. And it can build the faith of your friends, your family, your brothers and sisters around you. I don't know if this stood out to anyone else, but they lower the paralyzed man to Jesus, clearly wanting Jesus to heal him, to heal his physical needs. But did you catch the first thing that Jesus said? Son, your sins are forgiven. And I loved in that video the reaction to the paralyzed man when Jesus forgave him of his sins. Because Jesus knows what we need more than we know what we need ourselves. 
There are spiritual needs and there are physical needs. And Jesus is here with whatever need you have. He can, he can help you spiritually and physically. And I think sometimes we can also, we can also kind of lean one way versus the other. We can over-spiritualize things to the point where we're blind to the physical things, or we can be all in on the physical needs of people around us and then lose sight of the spiritual. But Jesus provides it all. So if you're in the crowd, if you find yourself in the crowd today, I just want to encourage you to take that next baby step. Take that next baby step. Allow God to continue to move in and through you, even through your uncertainty. And if you're a skeptic and you're just, nah, I don't know about this. Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins. He rose from the grave so that you could spend eternity with him. And all you have to do is put your faith in him. Ephesians 2, 8 tells us, we are saved by grace through faith, through faith. It's not anything that you can do, but it's a gift from God. I, I beg of you to put your faith in him today. I beg of you to submit yourself to him today. And if, if you are in that place where you have questions or you, you're, you're considering that decision, I, I'm available. Please, please reach out to me. I want to help you walk through that. I want to I help grab hold of your hand, answer questions that you might have to help you. Because listen, that's, that's what it's about. That, that's, that's what it's all about is that we give our faith to him. Amen? Amen, church? And one last thing, if you, if you have your faith in him, I want to encourage you to act with boldness. I want to I encourage you to just step into that more, that you can allow God to operate in and through you in a way that he can perform miracles in people's lives, that he can use you to build the faith of those around you.